0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Chapter by Chapter with Charlotte. I hope you enjoyed last week's review on The Secret River by Kate Grenville. In today's episode, we will be analysing burial rights by Hannah Kent through the gender and psychoanalytical critical perspectives. Kent's novel is set in Iceland in the 1800s and follows the story of Agnes Magnus Sotter, who was the last person to be formally executed before the death penalty was terminated in 1928. Agnes was put on trial for the murder of two men, Nathan Kettleson and Peter Johnson, who were brutally murdered and then burned. Using the gender perspective, many ideas come to the surface in Kent's novel. The manipulation of the women in the novel demonstrates the divide between genders in 19th century Iceland. Agnes lacks power in many aspects of her life simply because she's a woman. Agnes was poor and had a tough start to her life. She learnt to be independent and was often seen in a negative light because she possessed characteristics that weren't suitable for a female. Agnes is well spoken and stands up for her beliefs but is unpredictable and this is shown through her behaviour when interacting with Margaret, John and their daughters. A female is considered good if she obeyed the rules but as Agnes often acted out she was considered evil. In Agnes's time women were considered well behaved if they were quiet and compliant. As Agnes doesn't possess those traits society saw her in a negative light. Agnes believes that the people of the town saw her as the whore, the mad woman, the murderess. Agnes is aware that she isn't liked. They will say Agnes and see the spider, the witch caught in the webbing of her own fateful weaving. Agnes is seen as serving the consequences of her actions. An example of this idea is that Agnes lacks security and is reliant on Nathan and he holds significant power over her. Nathan uses his gender as well as his superior class to abuse Agnes to use her for sex. It was often that servant women would be sexually assaulted, and in Agnes's short life she had experienced this frequently. There were many occasions which implied that Agnes had been taken advantage of. As Agnes was reliant on Nathan for food and essential items, she needed to please him. The dominance of Nathan as a male character is used to show the objectification of women in this time era. She is constantly competing with Sigur for Nathan's attention, although the difference is that, Natan, that Agnes is intelligent and confident, while Sigur is simple and pretty. However, they both rely on men for their survival. Despite this, both characters conform to their expectations as they have no other choice. Agnes continues to satisfy Nathan's desires as she worries that she will disappoint him and put her own life at risk. However, she is so in love with Nathan that she doesn't see him for the manipulative man he really is. During the trial for Nathan, Agnes says, They see, I've got a head on my shoulders and believe think- a thinking woman cannot be trusted. So Agnes is treated harsher in the trial than Sigur. Agnes is sentenced to execution, while Sigur is spared because she is dumb and pretty. Another example of this demonstrates the divide between males and females in in the 19th century is the way Steiner is treated in comparison to her sister Lauga. Lauga is treated with more respect because she is deemed more desirable because of her appearance and her obedience. The value of a woman in this time was based on the appearance and compliance. If a woman didn't meet the standard of beauty, they are seen as less important. While Agnes was brought into the home of Lager and Steiner, they were concerned that their family would be marked down and the girls would struggle to marry advantageously. The women in this time were reliant on their husbands for financial stability. Has Steiner ever had to decide whether to let a farmer up her skirts or to deny him to find herself homeless in the snow and fog with all doors barred behind her? This quote shows that the girls are reliant on the men in their life to survive and will do anything to please them. Using the psychoanalytical perspective, we will now have a deeper insight into the ideas in Kent's novel. According to Freud's theory, there are three components that aid in decision-making, therefore, and therefore the behaviors of the characters. The id controls the desires, the superego controls morals and the values, and the ego is a combination of both. Agnes is judged for letting her id rule because Nathan drives her id, and this leads her to behave in a destructive way. In the novel, characters are controlled by their id instead of their ego. Agnes, for example, indulges her id through her behaviour with Nathan because she loves him and for her desire to be with him. She is driven by her id when manipulated, to na- manipulated by Nathan to work for him. More than anything, she desired to be with Nathan. I cannot Think of what it was not to love him, to look at him and realise I had found what I had not known I was hungering for. A hunger so deep, so capable of driving me into the night that it terrified me. Despite all the awful things Nathan did to her, she would do anything for Nathan, and her hunger symbolises her desire. Nathan's attitude was fuelled by his id. His decisions reflect what he desired, and he shared no consideration for others. He expressed his amusement. Expressed his amusement by manipulating Agnes and Sigur at illustrator. Nathan doesn't go to church or follow a religion. He refuses to maintain social principles. The description of Nathan, the son of Satan, is a symbolic is a symbol of the strong power his id had over his character. Agnes is so in love with him that she will. Even though he will never love her back and she is subconsciously aware of this and that is shown when she says I wanted to tell Nathan that I wanted him. I wanted him to love me back but I said nothing. Agnes and Nathan both indulged their id and were punished as a consequence. Agnes indulged her id by sleeping with Nathan in a society where it was frowned upon to have sex before marriage. However, Agnes didn't care about societal expectations because she wanted Nathan and let her desires overcome her morals. Nathan, at the time of their relations, was sleeping with multiple women. This wasn't frowned upon as by society because he was a man. The consequences of his actions were, the consequences of their actions were different. But it shows that the characters were punished for, indo- for indulging their id. Nathan was killed by the beh- by the husband of one of his lovers, and Agnes was sentenced to execution. So it is apparent that their behavior wasn't favorable. On the other hand, Blondel is controlled by his super ego and often lets his morals overcome logic and he does everything by the letter of the law. His behaviour also isn't favourable by readers so using these three characters as as an example it shows it is best to follow your ego which is a balance of both morals and desires. That's all for today everybody. Make sure to tune in to next week for an analysis of an old favourite of mine, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. If you enjoyed this video, hit the like and subscribe button to become a part of the chapter by chapter with Charlotte family. Until then, have a wonderful day.